What's going on, family? Thank you so much for tuning in to season three of my podcasts. Um, last two seasons, as many of you know, the show was under the title Ascension Radio. This new season, we are doing a rebranding, and it will be now known as The Alchemy of Self. Before I dive right into the episode, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of background in terms of you know why the switch for those of you new to the podcast, you know, what to expect from season three of, of my foray into podcasting uh, in the spiritual realm, um, and also kind of give a little bit of a breakdown as to, you know, for the people that have been following me, what to expect from the podcast moving forward. So first things first, um, in any spiritual path, there are always going to be moments where you may not feel as strong on your path as you have in the past. For most people, that is a cause to panic. But for those of us who understand that life is nothing but an intertwining of cycles that repeat themselves endlessly, um, and that we are but players in that, those of us who can see that, um, you know, we're very open to change. We're very open to things that, that really alter our minds because those are all parts of the things that make us in this, you know, divine human experience that we are all uh, embarked on. And so for me, those changes, you know, came in many ways. They came in the forms of people. They came in the forms of revelations. They came in the forms of a deeper understanding of myself and the part that I play in this world and in this reality. Um, and, you know, these revelations forced me to part ways with a lot of understandings that I had held prior. And um, I say that and I openly admit it because I think in the spiritual community, there is a certain fear of, you know, almost going back on what you believed or, or seeming like you may be fraudulent because you entertain various things. And I think that that, Mindset is a very dog dogmatic mindset, first of all, but it's also very, very pervasive in the sense that if you look at nature, um, you know, change is the only real thing. And I say this many, many times in seasons one and two of Ascension Radio, and I will continue to say these uh, words until I no longer have a voice, but change is the most, you know, consistent thing uh, in nature and, and to marry yourself to certain ideologies despite the introduction of conflicting um, ideas is not a very responsible way of going about the path. Um, you know, if this, if this is bringing up any dissonance in you or, or anything that you come across brings up any dissonance in you, it's not wise to ignore the dissonance and continue moving forward with your understanding as it is the wise path is to analyze the dissonance and, and really get to the bottom of why it is that it is occurring. Uh, because that dissonance, um, more oftentimes than not, it may not just be your intuition telling you something's up, but it's definitely something flagging in your mind telling you, hey, um, we can't really move forward with this because it's not making sense. Um, and while in the spiritual path, there are things that will escape the rational mind and escape the the kind of pervasive rational use of our faculties 
um, there are a lot of things that, that the rational mind does get right. Um, and, and we need to give it its credits. And, and I think that that dissonance is definitely along with certain emotions, one of the bigger flags that we should pay attention to when it does present itself. And so as that type of person, that's who I am. Um, I accept things when they challenge my views and I dig deeper inside. And what that does is it either, I either come out on the other side with a, with a stronger understanding of, of my truth and why it held up against the dissonance, or I come out of it with a true understanding uh, rather than, than, you know, holding on to a false belief. Um, I then explore that understanding and I go deeply within, right? Um, you can't expect a table to stand when you remove one of its legs uh, and then immediately start putting things on top of that table. If you're going to remove the legs of a table for faulty reasons, you have to then create another leg um, in its place as another foundation. And, and that can only occur when you take time within to really process whatever it is that you've come out with um, when you challenge the dissonance that may arise. And so uh, with that being said, you know, that dissonance has started to occur to me um, a little bit over a year ago um, when the podcast Ascension Radio was just hitting kind of peak popularity. Uh, and I could have gone and, and done kind of the um, entrepreneurial uh, thing, which would have been to continue podcasting and, and continue giving information despite my, um, you know, my internal struggle. Or I could have kind of suspended all activity and, and put everything on pause and, and waited until I was ready to pick it back up with, with a more solid foundation. Um, and so I chose the latter. And, and that's why, you know, my content hasn't been out there for, um, you know, a little bit over nine months uh, and why I've been only sporadically posting. It's because, you know, I've been getting right uh, within. Uh, and that's something that I always promote uh, first before anything, uh, before anything, 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 before you think about um, you know, advancing your career, you got to make sure you're right within because only then will you really be making the choices that are dependent on your true well-being um, and not just kind of short gain that sometimes our ego can can put in our way uh, when it's immature to, to detract us. Um, and so that's what I did. So that was part one. Uh, part two, uh, for those of you that are, that are you know, uh, veterans of, of Ascension Radio, what you can expect, the differences that you're going to be seeing in terms of my content is I am not really going to be going off uh, and, and just explaining, you know, um, certain rights and certain practices. I'm not going to be exploring uh, the broadness of the spiritual spectrum. I'm going to be kind of falling into the niche of, of really ancient teachings, ancient understandings, things that that we can all visit back and look at and get our own understanding from, right? Um, I can sit here and I can break down for you, um, you know, the belief systems of the Maya, the Olmec, the Aztec, of Kemet. Uh, um, you know, I can, I can, I can do that. But ultimately, you can find that information in a book on any of these subjects if you really, truly wish to to find it. Um, and so, what I wish to do is instead of just kind of hitting you with information that you can kind of Google and find on your own, I want to put forth certain um, questions and certain maybe things that might arise some sort of dissonance in what you already believe to be true, even with your spiritual awakening, right? Um, and the reason I'm doing that is because I see that, you know, oftentimes when you first start seeking, you kind of take in everything and you're trying everything out and you're doing this because you don't really have a guide to, to get you to where you need to be. 
Um, but ultimately, the truth is we need to be able to have a sort of consistent practice um, that, that we can develop despite all the different foundations that we may be drawn to. Um, and, and that can only really occur once we start questioning every aspect, even our awakening, right? Um, some people are awakened and they immediately get drawn to a certain path, say Gnosis, Kabbalah, uh, you know, Grimoires, um, you know, you name it. Uh, they always stick to their first initial kind of foray. And what ends up happening is they become dogmatic about it to the point where they don't question it anymore. Um, and so they begin to accept all of the things that come in. And so they fall into the same trap of dogma that occurs in religions. And so what I like to do is I like to ruffle people's spiritual feathers by putting forth, um, you know, information. And, and it's not so much conspiracy theories because conspiracy theories, um, you know, they, they, they are, they're based on, you know, the, 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 the belief that there is alternate or, or ulterior motives for, for things occurring. Um, this is just factual information that anybody can, can look back into prehistory and find, right? Um, you know, I will be dropping names of individuals in history who have been silenced and overlooked um, in, in certain very important disputes and debates about the things we accept as normal today. Um, you know, for example, I'll give you an example, the, the opponents of Darwin, you know, there were many, many, uh, individuals who were coming out and, you know, in support of other theories who were just silenced, uh, and, and Darwinism kind of was championed across the board. Um, so what I'm going to be doing moving forward is really putting forth some of these other perspectives and, and some of these more ancient understandings that to be honest, will challenge even the most solid established, um, spiritual systems such as you know, Gnosis, uh, the Kabbalah, uh, Hermeticism, you know, uh, and, and again, I understand that I'm going to catch a lot of heat from a lot of the practitioners of different systems, but if you would listen with an open heart and open ears, um, first before casting your judgment, um, you will see that I will prepare my, my discourses very much with evidence and, and support. And, you know, for those of you who, who wish for resources on some of this information, um, I, can, I can certainly point you um, in the right direction. I am not in the business of teaching. I'm not in the business of um, explaining um, you know, fully because I believe we are all on this spiritual path and we have the mental capacities of being able to do the work on our own. And so again, you know, definitely don't expect no handholding from me. I'm as blunt as they come. Um, my spiritual compass is uh, before my moral compass. Um, what that means is that I do not believe in the fall moralism. That is the outcome of the Christian, uh, the Christo Indo European kind of uh, spiritual system, their, their religious system. I'm, I'm a realist. I'm very much in tune with nature in terms of I try to follow my life as in tune with nature cycles as I can. And, and as a student of nature, um, I recognize that, that human moralism um, is more a tool of control and a more a tool of fear than a tool that allows for the development of true human nature. With that being said, um, that is not to say that I'm a proponent of going around and stealing from people, killing people, 
um, you know, just generally being a bad person. What I'm a proponent of is that my spirituality and my belief system aligned with nature provides for me a more solid uh, foundation on which to base uh, my compass of behavior, my compass of understanding myself. Um, and it allows for me to not be as judgmental as most systems seek to be um, when it comes to my growth and, and, and my practice. And so if that resonates with you, that's what you're going to be getting from me. Um, and, and as always, I'm open to discourse on those things. Um, and finally, before we jump right into this episode, um, the last part that I wanted to touch on is for those of you guys that are new, um, you know, what to expect. Uh, I touched on it a little bit already. Um, I'm no BS. I don't like to beat around the bush. I say it how it is, and I'm very willing to defend my position. Um, but as I said before, I'm also the type of person that seeks truth. I don't seek to be applauded for my beliefs or how I've gotten to how I've gotten. Um, I don't seek for people to follow what I say blindly. Um, what I seek is, is, a, is a true spiritual discourse that will open up the layers of programming, hopefully as much in your mind as it does in mine. With that being said, I'd like to thank you guys all to the first episode of season three. Um, I'm very excited, uh, you know, as a creator myself, this uh, foray into podcasting over the last year and a half has been, um, you know, full of, of, of beauty, full of awesome connections made, uh, knowledge obtained and, and, and all of that. Um, and so, you know, I am really excited moving forward with the alchemy of self. And I think that the content is going to be something you guys are all going to like. So with no further ado, episode one, as I promised, uh, is going to touch on the subject of prehistory. So what is prehistory? Um, you know, before we understand prehistory, we have to kind of understand a little bit about what is history. When we're kids, we, um, you know, those of us that, that go to public school or go to school in general, that's not, you know, homeschooling, uh, most of us get put through a social studies program or history program. Um, and there we basically get given the foundation of what we're going to believe for the rest of our lives in terms of how human history um, has come to be, how we have developed, what occurrences or major events have uh, happened down that timeline that have led to where we are today. What ends up happening is we become adults where, you know, we basically take in all that information and we build this entire reality or perception of reality around this information. And then we go, uh, you know, through life and we take in information that seems to kind of resonate with our beliefs and we completely block out any information that may not fall in line with what we've learned in the past. Those of you that have been on a spiritual journey long enough know that one of the first kind of processes that one must begin in their spiritual journey is the unlearning of what they have learned. Um, and particularly, we need to unlearn what has been taught to us that may not necessarily be true, but is held as true. And that is harder to do um, than just unlearning what we've been taught because it takes something called discernment. Discernment itself is a quality of being able to sift through information and be able to pick out what is factual from what is fantastical, what resonates from what blocks and obscures our vision. And that process of discernment can only be done once you strengthen the faculties of knowing yourself, 
knowing the things that you are prone to. Um, and so again, this is a much later process. And, and if you guys want to kind of get glimpses of, of the early needs of this process, uh, you guys can tune into Ascension Radio seasons one and two. I talk a lot about that stuff um, for the sake of this episode. I'm going to leave it just at that. Uh, I welcome any questions on discernment and, and the development of those faculties, um, you know, through the through the inbox or through Patreon, which, whichever one you guys choose. Um, but it, it comes to the point where we need to look at what history is. And, and then we start to realize once you actually take, uh, you know, serious study into history, that a lot of the things in history that we are taught are false. Um, and, and, you know, some of them are exaggerated, but some of them are truly just outright false information um, that that is created in that way to, to fit a certain you know, a uh, paradigm or a certain understanding that, that those in power wish to uh, implant into the, the greater collective uh, consciousness. And so it is our duty then to look at these things in history and, 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 and understand that history itself is very, very shaky. Um, and so when we look at the term prehistory, you know, it should arise some curiosity as to shouldn't history be everything? Why is there history and then prehistory? And the, the interesting answer there is because before there was history, there was prehistory. There was what was. There was the truth. Um, and then history comes in, and that's when things start to get manipulated. That's when things start to get obscured, blocked out, blotted out, purged, um, you know, just downright twisted. Um and I know that's going to shake up a lot of you guys, and that's fine. I have no problem with shaking you guys up. Um, but I think what you need to realize um, is that the true historian um, is taught that they need to analyze both sides of the occurrence because it is most often that the victors or the conquerors or the ones in power, they use history, um, you know, as a forgetful species, as we are as humans, they use history to create and fabricate a matrix of reality and understanding with which they can operate um, because they they have the trust of those that may not know um, in thinking that they're going to, you know, maintain 100% truth um, with the way that they go about things. And so one of the interesting things that I'll point you to just to make the point, um, and you can research it on your own, I'm just going to merely touch on it is the concept of the Aztecs um, as to who they were, where they came from, um, and and then what is presented by Europeans as to who they are and where they came from. Um, and you can look these things up. Um, you know, you can look up the uh, missionaries that went into, into Mexico right after Cortez had finished off the Aztec uh, resistance. Some of these missionaries, uh, they have they have really good accounts of what the atmosphere was, who the people really were, before it was you know twisted and 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 turned into what they tell us the people are or were today. Um, what you will find is that you know the Aztec were not the the kind of Indian that they pose today, the Native Indian they pose today, or the Native American they pose today. Um, you will see in paintings, you will see in in, in different um, parts of your search, when you start to look this up, um, you will see that these people were, were, were black. They had black skin, uh, dark brown skin, black skin. Um, they were significantly taller than the, you know, colonists that had, that had entered. 
Um, and you will also see that a lot of the things that were destroyed um, in terms of artifacts and in terms of temples and, and just pillaged, the things that were pillaged, were oftentimes depicting a very, very, very close tie between what was going on at the time in the Aztec Empire and what had been going on, um, you know, across the sea uh, in Kemet and in Egypt. And, and those connections have been, they've attempted to sever those connections unsuccessfully due to, you know, many, many people who have written books, um, you know, the, the primordial uh, symbols, or I think it's the primordial symbols of man, or the primordial signs and symbols of man. Um, that's a great book because it touches the connection across globally, not just on the Aztec um, and the and the Olmec and Mayan empires, but but on a global scale, including you know some of the Aboriginal um, Australian uh, natives uh, and and the Japanese eschatology. Um, they're all very much connected in this book. The the signs and symbols of primordial man. That's what it is. The signs and symbols of primordial man. Um, so, yeah, so you start to see that that then prehistory, the reason it's prehistory is because they don't have enough on it um, to be able to fabricate anything. Uh, and so they just obscure it to it's, you know, a whole bunch of cavemen running around uh, that they didn't know. And they and they kind of tie in prehistory to almost like anything after 4000 B.C. Um, or, or the max they'll give it is like 10,000 B.C. Um, but then, you know, then we start finding things like the fact that the Sphinx uh, has been dated, carbon dated back to 13,000 BC um, and, and even further, actually, the, the more internal parts of her even further. Then you start seeing things like that and you start to wonder, well, hey, why is it, you know, then that prehistory seems to be more reliable than history? Well, because it is. Right. And so a foray into prehistory, into the artifacts that are found, into some of the cave paintings that are found into, into things, you start to realize that. Um, prehistory is actually where a lot of these things occur. And so what happens is people think, oh my God, ancient spirituality begins in the Nile River. And that is not true. That is false. That is uh, the misconception that they want you to fall under because what ends up happening is when you start seeing Kemet for what it is around 3,500, 3,000 3, BC, it's already at its decline. This civilization is already done for. It's already been set for failure. It's when, you know, it's it's at its almost, you know, it's going down. It's going down. The true peak of the of the comedic uh, wonder and and the, and the beauty of it is prehistory. It's what they don't want to tell you because at that point they have to start accepting the fact that it was not um, how they, you know, the history was not how they made it out to be, and so. Prehistory is important in a spiritual concept because when you look at Egypt at the time, around 4000 BC, they inherited a system of spiritual uh, belief that was already perfected prior to their understanding of it. There is no sign of of development in the in the in the comedic system. It is a system that had already been perfected. That was already so so in in, in a sense, it was inherited by the people of Kemet in Africa. Um, there was already a system perfected that was that was seen globally to have been spread. And there is where our talk of Genesis begins. Genesis itself is the chapter in the Bible where the creation by God um, is it occurs. And you know, for centuries and centuries, it has been a 
the lore of occultists, on its secrets, on its hidden meanings, and all of this. Um, and and it's and it's very interesting um, because you know I don't believe in you know Catholicism and Christianity. I'm not. I don't ascribe to their faith or their religion. But I definitely do understand that there is a much, much, much different type of information encoded within the Bible um, that is useful and that is definitely, um, you know, something worth uh, visiting once you kind of understand a little bit more about what it is that they are trying to speak to you um, through the words in between the lines. And so what you begin to realize um, when you start seeing Genesis is that Genesis is actually a lot older than the Bible. Um, you know, you start to see the events of Genesis unfolding and you start to see a lot of the kind of, um, there's a lot of things that parallel with other ancient, um, you know, spiritual understandings. When you start to begin to understand the comedic system itself was stolen as well. So Christianity and Catholicism was kind of stolen from ancient Egypt. And yet even the nature um, and, and the understanding of Kemet was basically stolen from a much more ancient worship of someone or something called the Great Cosmic Mother. Um, this is something that very much conflicts with the believers of the modern faiths because in their faiths and even in the Kemetic faith, the ultimate creator is a male deity um, of sorts. Even though they are androgynous in some of the tellings of the myths, um, these male creators are seen as bringing creation forth through unnatural means, such as, you know, spitting or, or throwing sperm, and then from the sperm arises life, or, or from tearing limbs out, or just very, very inorganic, unnatural methods of creation are used by these myths when describing creation. What ends up happening is that his story is actually the fabrication uh, of post-matriarchal uh, society priesthoods that chose to continue forth in trying to gain the attempt, or, or I'm sorry, in trying to gain the control from the mother, from the woman, from the divine goddess principle, uh, or, or the divine mother principle, excuse me. The mother is the mother, the goddess and the god come from the mother. The mother is the source. She is the egg. She is the luminous being, um, the darkness. You know, she is all of it. She, she is the creator, the womb. And so these priesthoods then took this understanding and tried to morph it to put men at the helm of spiritual truth and the development of civilization. Well, Genesis really is just simply speaking on what I have kind of understood as the gene of Isis. Now, Isis is actually offset in Kemet. Uh, the gene of Isis is basically referring to the fact that the lineage of kings in any 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 type of uh, you know you know kind of society that has had kingship or 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 you know uh, the, the transferring of, of pharaoh blood is done by the mother, right? Anybody who studies the biomarkers and, and understands how uh, genetics are passed on, they understand that the mother's mitochondrial DNA um, is, is the only way to really identify the lineage uh, of, of somebody. Um, the, the mother's uh, mitochondrial DNA, which again is very important because mitochondria is the source of energy for the cells 
Uh, it is where ATP is processed. Um, and so the mitochondrial DNA coming from the mother is a very, very powerful, significant fact. Okay. If you look at the Jewish belief system, the mother determines if somebody is Jewish and not the father. Um, and so this matriarchal principle, it comes from prehistoric times where they realized that it was the mother who determined the lineage of kings. And so the gene of Isis was really what this potent thing of creation was all about. Um, you know, there's levels to the, to the Genesis myth, but one of them is that, is the gene of Isis, the gene of Oset, the gene of the woman who basically is, you know, she has the bloodline, she has the, 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 the kind of uh, spiritual power transferred um, over into her, her, her children. And, 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 and thus she is the creator who, who creates the family, who creates the, the, the bond, but also creates civilization. She creates society. Um, you know, what, what, what ended up happening again is basically they tried to take that first uh, honor from the woman and pass it on to men. This is why you see that what basically happens is you see these masons doing a lot of menstruation rites and birth rites. Um, and they do so because, again, they're trying to tap into sympathetic magic um, to, to attempt to become the source that the woman is through her womb, through her connection with the, the cycles of nature itself uh, to that cosmic mother. So with that said, I'm going to leave you guys with that. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when I come back, I'm going to speak a little bit more about uh, the gene of Isis and its part in civilization, in agriculture, and the development of mankind's spiritual faculties through nature, not against it. Very important to remember that. What's going on, family? Welcome back to the Alchemy of Self. This is Teo, picking up on uh, part one of our first episode of season three. I was just talking about the menstruation rites the sympathetic magic that is being used by a lot of these, um, you know, schools, these secret societies in an attempt to tap into something that was very much more ancient and more powerful than they could ever hope to achieve. The force of the divine mother and the force of the womb, the cosmic womb with which every single woman has a connection with through their womb and their cycles with the moon, with nature. Um, very important connection there to the moon, which I will not touch on this episode. I will touch in another episode coming up this month. But very important that we realize that women are the first, um, you know, if you have a belly button, you had an umbilical cord, you came from a woman. Um, there is evidence that showed that there is the capability of the female species of various different types of animals, uh, plants to reproduce asexually. The original reproduction was asexual reproduction. The male species of every single types of species was developed after the female. Um, the actual development of the male species is what a lot of these creation myths have, you know, kind of distorted through their phallic worship um, and, and their, and their imagery that depicts a, a, a phallus, um, you know, that, that has been stolen from the original, which is the, 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 the womb or the lingal. Um, and so I'm, I'm sorry, not the lingam, the lingam is the phallus. 
the womb itself is is the power and so it's what has been waged war against and so that is why women have been you know kind of lowered down in 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 terms of how society views them and and that nature um and so you know one of the things that we need to recognize is a lot of these things that were that we're studying are inverted teachings that were originally meant and created uh, by priestesses and, and, and oracles that were then kind of overtaken by these priesthoods and priests and the mythologies change and you can see the mythologies changing. Originally Set was the first god of the comedic understanding um, and he was Osiris. Uh, Set was Osiris and Apophis and the serpent was the, the, the representation of the cosmic mother. You can see that worship still, even in the modern, more modernized comedic understandings with the serpent being the source of primal power. Um, when Ra is introduced as the opponent, it is really the, the change between the heliocentric worship as opposed to a more um, nature-based and, and, and lunar cyclical worship that, that, that preceded the, the heliocentric worship of of the likes of the Kemetic people and, and the Anunnaki and a lot of these, um, what they call ancient civilizations, when in reality, like I said, by this time, they had already, you know, had to switch over. They had already tried to convert over these teachings in an, in an attempt at becoming powerful within this world, right? Because ultimately what they saw was that the priestesses were running this global network of, of you know very very powerfully civilized societies through the teachings and and their and their insights with their studies in nature right um, agriculture was a hundred percent a woman's um, you know creation because it was only her the one that really had the connections and and and, and had the time um, you know to, to take and, and and make these these connections through the cycles of nature uh, due to their own connection to these cycles. Uh, they were able to to come up with it. You know, one of the oldest tools that that they can find, which they tie to magic, is a measuring stick um, that was originally used by doulas or or you know the 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 women who assist in the birth uh, giving. You know, the, these duties were originally to you know given to the shamans of these tribes who were women, um, who were these seers. And so, like I said, you know, they they. They were the first ones to have it down. They were the first ones who understood the principles of magic, who could do true math. Um, they they only understand math in terms of a false circuit. It's it's a closed loop. They don't see math in terms of the open circuit that it is, the spiral that it is. And so, you know, their linear understanding is limited. Um, whereas the true math that a woman can tap into um, you know, where, where they can, they can divine because of their ability to see the patterns for what they really are. Um, you know, there are men that have developed these faculties, but the women have it more naturally. It is more powerful. A woman with a healthy womb who is in tune with herself will be in tune with nature a thousand times more than any man, no matter how much meditation or practice. And that's just the way it is. 
<clears throat> excuse me. Um, and, and, you know, if, if as a man you feel threatened by that, um, then you need to do some internal seeking and understand where that threat comes from because there is no threat to man for the progenitor of his species to be the more connected spiritually. If anything, as a man, you want to ensure you create an environment where a woman can feel safe in order for her to tap into her abilities. Um, and, and that's just what it is. That's just fact. So as I've pointed out, um, you know, a lot of the rites, a lot of these uh, mystery schools have obscured the fact that the teachings were originally done by priests, uh, priestesses, um, by women, by oracles, by what is known um, as the Sibyls, uh, S-Y-B-I-L-S. The Sibyls were the original oracles. They were the ones that helped colonize, um, not colonize, they helped settle the world um, after a very, very big calamity occurred around 1300, 1400 B.C., they helped settle the world through the Isis gene. And that Isis gene is simply the gene of the original, basically the clan, right? You know, you've heard of the 12 tribes. Well, the original tribe that allowed for the dissemination of this information, which then spread globally and and, and altered many a civilization through their teachings. A lot of the, the civilizations that you see that have these mythologies that are all similar, all stem from the original uh, spread of, of the gene of Isis. And that was done by having the oracles that were of that bloodline marry into the civilizations of various different pharaohs, kings, etc. Um, you can look up um, the book Mamiwata, um, on Amazon, it's about a $50 book. That's the one that you want to get. Um, you'll get a lot of information on the Sibyls, a lot of information on the Oracles. You'll you'll get the understanding of who Mami Wata is. Um, I would touch on it right now, but again, like I said, that's I'm saving that for another episode. But for those of you guys who want to jump ahead and get a good understanding of some of the stuff I'm talking about, that book is great. Um, it, it encompasses a lot. Another book that'll touch on some of the stuff I said uh, earlier about the Aztecs, is um, When the Rocks Cry Out. Uh, that is a great book. Just be prepared because it will literally shift your entire perception on what history is, particularly in the Americas, and tying it to what was in Comet. Um, it's going to take a lot from you to process what is said. And if you feel it's overwhelming, uh, you can reach out to me. I'll give you some other resources that you can use to uh, prove this to yourself and, and to kind of, you know, track it on your own. Like I said, I'm not a fan of, of teaching. I'm not here to have you follow a step, you know, or how-to step guide. Um, I'm merely pointing out resources, merely pointing out, you know, tools that you can use um, to better yourself. That, that's what I feel um, is the best way to deliver this information. So with that being said, now that we've come to the point where we understand that prehistory is really where we should be focusing on and that history is all but pretty much false in terms of that it is given in a context that overlooks um, the very big integral part of a spiritual journey, which is that we've been around for a very, very long time. Humankind is not new to this planet. It is not new um, in the sense of 6,000, 7,000, 10,000, 15,000 years. Um, we are quite ancient and we are discovering more and more information and um, you know just proof that the timeline that is given by modern day uh, science is not accurate at all. Um, and it is showing more and more that those people who were dissidents at first of the pushing of this history 
uh, were actually correct in in ascribing um, human you, you know human society's very ancient beginnings. And so you can ask, well, how you know how is it possible that we're that ancient and we haven't been able to um, you know find anything? And 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 it, what happens is you know Earth is prone to many a calamity. There are many many things that can change the landscape of the world, um, and many of them. Uh, happen internally within the Earth. Some of them come, you know, in, in the forms of, of asteroids and comets, but majority of them are really occurring within the Earth. You know, what people call global warming is just another cycle of the Earth, and it just so happens that, you know, every once in a while, the Earth purges everything on it, um, whether it be through a series of events or one cataclysmic event that just occurs. Many of these things, you can look them up on very studied papers. You can search this up on science uh, articles where they are open to, to, you know, the fact that there was many calamities that have hit earth in, in a long, long period of time. And so human society itself, uh, can get wiped out and there are always survivors that somehow seem to return, right? Like what is the story of Noah's Ark? Um, you know, speaking of a huge calamity where, where humankind was, was, uh, was saved by one means or another. Um, and I'm not speaking about the validity of what they speak of in, in, in the Noah Hart story. That is an allegory. That is a, 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 a mythical representation of, of what really occurred. Um, but, but the, the basis of it is the same, you know, so humankind has survived many a calamity and, and unfortunately our inability to preserve knowledge in a effective manner um, has caused for us to have to start over time and time again, uh, time immemorial, right? Um, and, and I think that the more that we start uncovering, like for example, the Gobekli Tepe, uh, they're uncovering parts that are deep. This structure was huge on land, but now they're uncovering that there's chambers deep inside it. There's chambers deep inside the pyramid. Um, I'm a big believer that the pyramid itself is shaped like an oval with straight edges. So in other words, like a diamond, um, you know, so again, it really comes down to the, the, how willing are you to dig into what has been accepted by society? Um, if you are on a spiritual journey, because you have to realize these people are not going to give you anything, uh, to work based off of, if anything, they will try to cover up all they can. Um, in an attempt at doing that. And so, like I said, uh, very important for us to revisit those things. And, and those resources that I gave you on prehistory are very, very good for you to start doing the work for yourself and, and, and kind of busting open these, these belief systems that have uh, held us for a very long time. With that being said, um, with this episode concluding, I just want to leave you guys with a couple of things. If we are to then visit moving forward the tools that we are going to use for our development, we must realize when these tools have been stolen and do it to our best of our capacity to return back to the root of these teachings. Some of it is easily done. Others is not so easy uh, because a lot of this information has been systematically destroyed or covered up. Um, you know, the... the the storage of the Vatican, they're, they're locked and sealed, uh, you know, chambers with all the books that they burned during um, the Inquisition. That's just a little bit of, of what is, right? This is Smithsonian has things that they've uncovered that they just buried under because it doesn't fit into the, into the um, you know, the, the paradigm that they want to push onto humanity uh, at the moment. And so it's very important for, for us to 
always, whenever we receive a teaching, whenever we receive something to, to analyze the roots, to analyze why it's being pushed, why it was developed, how it was developed. Um, and that's what a lot of the people that are in uh, the Masons don't do, right? They, they just kind of accept the rites and rituals without questioning because they're kind of, um, that's just how they're conditioned. Um, so let's not be like that. And, and let's question everything. Uh, unless it agrees with your heart and, and with your gut, uh, do not cease to question it. Um, I'll leave you guys with that. I think I hit you guys with uh, pretty good information in terms of, you know, giving you maybe a week to disseminate it and, and, and dig through it. Um, I support you guys giving me any questions, whether it be on Instagram or on Patreon or through any of the apps that you guys have podcasts on. You guys can reach me. I'm more than open to uh, questions and suggestions. I'd like to thank you guys once again for tuning in. This has been episode one of season three, The Alchemy of Self. My name is Teo, your host. As always, Ashe family. I wish you guys the best. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys on the next episode.